Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Your Goat podcast. Josh here, and there is a lot to get into. I'm going to recap the Jets-Colts Thursday night football game. Last night, what went so right for the Indianapolis Colts. Then, Odell Beckham Jr. to be released. I'm going to react to that. And then some teams I'd like to see reach out and get OBJ. Then, Week 9 matchups. There are so many good uh, football games on this Sunday. I'm going to go through those, break them down, maybe make some game picks, fantasy uh, players to watch out for as well. And then I'm going to get into the Lakers and just how they can't beat the Thunder. Maybe it's just the curse of Russell Westbrook being on the team and facing his former team on another stint. Then I'm going to break down the Jack Eichel trade as well and what an underwhelming offer that uh, the Sabres accepted. And then I'm going to make some college football picks. Ten picks I will be making for the games tomorrow. So let's get right into it with the New York Jets and Indianapolis Colts Thursday night football game. Now, this game, I predicted the Colts to win. I was right. The Colts won 45-30, to and it really wasn't close at all the majority of this game. Really, other than the first quarter when Naheem Hines had a 34-yard run, uh, then Elijah Moore uh, had a nice pass from Mike White. But on that drive from Mike White... Uh, he looked like he sustained some pressure. Well, he did. Didn't look like it. He did get his heart, arm hit. Uh, looked awkward as well when it was hit. But he went back on that drive. However, he was not able to go after that. And to me, that kind of lost a lot of the uh, oomph on the New York Jets sideline. A lot of the swag that they had going on. And then you enter Jonathan Taylor, who just wrecked. The Jets defense, this Jets defense was awful right before you know it. You know, it's 28 to 10 at halftime. Jonathan Taylor had himself a day, two big touchdown runs, one of 78 yards. The second one, that 78 yarder, put the Colts up 42 to 10. And then the final score was 45 to 30. Uh, Jets go on a nice. You know, 20 to 3 run right there, uh, just for some respect. But that was not enough to make this game close at all. The star performer was Jonathan Taylor. 19 carries, 172 yards, two touchdowns. And really, this team was very balanced. That's what I love because you had, you know, Josh Johnson. Come in there for the New York Jets after Mike White had the injury. And to me, he didn't do that bad. 317 yards, uh, three touchdowns uh, to one interception. To me, really, they just could not get the running game going. And that's uh, something I thought they would need to get going in order to uh, sustain them and help them uh, get closer, play with an edge. And it just did not happen at all the Indiana and Indianapolis Colts dominated the Jets uh, 
they allowed 530 uh, yards. That's how many yards the Colts had in total. They had over 250 yards passing and 250 yards rushing. How balanced that is, that's just a recipe for disaster for the other team, especially the Jets. They couldn't stop the rush or the pass yesterday uh, to save their lives. The Colts were also efficient in the red zone, uh, three of four as well. They were the better team. But I'll give some props there because there is one thing the Colts need to work on moving forward, and that is their pass defense. I like their front seven. You know, when you got DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard, you're going to be good. But the secondary has some concerns, especially when Josh Johnson comes in there, uh, throws around many yards, and, you know, they have 400 yards passing against the Colts. That's something the Colts need to work on. Uh, they're 4-5. and five, But if they're hoping for a playoff spot, they're vying for one, they're going to have to have their secondary do a lot better. And then the Jets, uh, they need a better ground game as well. Uh, to me, you can't rely on, you know, your rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, or Mike White or Josh Johnson to bail you out because they're not those type of quarterbacks. They're not, you saw Mike White steal you one last week. I don't think consistently win you games. That's just not uh, who Mike White is. That's not who this Jets uh, football team, frankly, is. But I've got a message. I know. Uh, on Thanksgiving, everybody likes to talk about, you know, taking the cow or the Lions out of the Thanksgiving lineup. And with how bad they are, especially this year, I'd be fine with that, uh, even though, you know, it is a tradition. But does every single team need a primetime game? Uh, for example, do we need to see the Jets once a year on primetime? I know this was their one slot. Uh, right here, you know, I know they played the game in London. Shouldn't that count as their prime time slot, at least for London? Do I need to watch them on a Thursday night game? I mean, right now, to me, it's just pathetic. It really is. To me, they're not a winning team. So I don't really want to see them uh, moving forward with how bad they are in any prime time games. Just let's get rid of them. Uh, please. But yes, Indianapolis, they can do a better job defending against the pass. That is going to be key down the stretch because they're going to play teams who pass the ball a lot. They're going to play the Bills in the next few weeks, the Buccaneers as well. Those are two big games. Those are two pass-heavy offenses as well. The secondary needs to shore. Uh, to me, Quite a few things up in order to uh, get right with this team. But I like where they're moving. This was a big win coming off such a, uh, to me, such a bad loss against the Titans. A team they should have beat. So I am totally fine uh, with where they are at as a team in the standings. Now they tell me, you know, you get the mini uh, bye week now. You get the 10-day rest, and then you play Jaguars. So they should feel a little good. Big confidence booster as well. Scoring 45 straight points in a team that last year uh, struggled. Now it seems like you're in a groove. 
and they scored, you know, 30 plus points in their last uh, four games. So to me, the Colts are definitely on an upward trend to me where they started the year. Carson Wentz is playing much better as well. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of this Colts team. Now moving on to Odell Beckham Jr. Could, can't believe it's coming to this that he is actually going to be released. You know, the playmaker that the Browns thought, you know, we're just one player away from blowing it open. They trade for Odell and it never worked out. The Baker Mayfield Odell Beckham Jr. relationship uh never worked out. They were never able to have that one-two punch like we were hoping for, like we see right now in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams. We have not been able to see that from Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr., and I believe both parties are to blame for this. I really do. I don't think it's all Odell Beckham. I don't think it's all Baker Mayfield. When I watch Baker play, there are times when he frustrates me very much because I have seen how good he can play. Uh, and when he is locked in and he's playing well, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He has everything there, the arm talent, the strength, uh, the accuracy, uh, the pocket movement, the command, the leadership. He has all that. But then when he's not in sync and he's not playing well, he looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And then I also think, as well on Odell's part, he is not the receiver we saw in the New York Giants. He's not the offensive rookie of the year, uh, the pro bowler anymore. I think injuries have taken a toll on him the past few years. I don't think he's a receiver he once was. I Now, I would like him to be, but he is just not that guy. He's not top 10 where he was interviewing and wanting to be not just the highest paid wide receiver, but the highest paid player. He is past that, and it's sad to see that he's fallen. I don't think it's all on Baker. I do think it's some of Odell as well. So it's sad that they were never able to get apart. But as we saw last year, the Browns did not need Odell to win football games. They just didn't. And I think it's great that they're moving on. I think it's good for Odell. I think it's good for Baker. Now, they don't have to force uh, Odell the ball. He doesn't have to worry about Odell saying things in the locker room. I think they can get back to the chemistry they had last year. And they're going to need it, and need it quick, since they are sitting in last place in the AFC North when I had them picked to be first place in the AFC North. But these are the five teams I'd like to see Odell Beckham Jr. go to. Now, he's been linked to all these teams, I'm going to say, right now, but that's because I really want to see him. Uh, succeed, be in a system where I think he can do well. One of the teams I'd like to see him play with, the Green Bay Packers. That's number five right there. I'd love uh, to see 
another weapon for John Wick himself, Aaron Rodgers. He's got Devontae Adams, but you don't have a reliable number two. To me, you have a bunch of number threes and Lazard and Scantling. You lost your tight end and Robert Tunyon. To me, you just need one more reliable weapon. A combination, a one-two punch of Devontae and OBJ with Aaron Rodgers at your quarterback would be lethal. I would love to see that. I think that would be great for the Packers team. To me, that would be a move that would push them over the edge where, to me, they're in a line of contenders in the NFC right now. That could push them to borderline favorites. Team number four, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, to me, they need more talent there other than Debo Samuel. George Kittle is the second best tight end when healthy. But I hate saying that, when healthy, because that means he has injury issues and he has already had a stint on IR this season. Uh, with he's healthy, I don't think you need him. Uh, but the case and point is that George Kittle doesn't really play full seasons. And behind Debo Samuel, you don't have much. You expected Brandon Ayuk to be the guy, and there seems to be some disconnect there between uh, Kyle Shanahan and this team and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, so they don't have also a number two wide receiver. I think adding OBJ would help because then you'd have the Debo Samuel and Odell Beckham punch. You add George Kittle in there. You have a lot of weapons for Jimmy Garoppolo to work with and also uh, Trey Lance if he is the quarterback uh, moving forward and evaluating your offense. That would be a huge boost. Another team, number three, the Los Angeles Rams. They already made the trade for Von Miller to help the defense. They waived Deshaun Jackson. But why not just bring a better wide receiver on board than Deshaun Jackson in Odell Beckham Jr.? Now, do they need it? No. But is it a luxury? Yes. They might just want it. They have Cooper Cup, who's on pace to have you know, a record-breaking season. And you've got Robert Woods, who's got a connection as well. And you've got Van Jefferson, who's another great wide receiver. You've got Higby. Why not just throw in OBJ and just have a five-wide-out set at times, not even with Daryl Henderson in the backfield, just line up uh, with Higby, uh, Woods, Van Jefferson, Cup, and OBJ. Pick your poison, my friends. Number two, the Seattle Seahawks. They need help. They're at uh, three and five, and... They don't have a third wide receiver on the team. They have DK. They have Tyler Lockett. They don't have a good running back. Chris Carson probably out for the year. Uh, they don't have a good backup either. I'm not a fan of Travis Homer, Alex Collins. So what do they do? You know your offense is going to have to flow through Russell. If you want to get back into the playoff hunt, back into this playoff race, you're going to need to throw the ball a lot. And Russ is capable of that. You can let Russ cook. He can make plays. Uh but adding another great wide receiver to already a deadly duo, I think would be do wonders for this team, wonders for Russell Wilson, and could flip their season. That would be a huge sign right there. And then team number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, of course, this is dependent on money, but guess what? 
I know you have one of the best wide receivers in Tyreek Hill. You have the best tight end in Travis Kelsey. But as I said on Monday, or on probably both Monday and Wednesday, is that this. The Chiefs don't have anybody reliable other than those guys. I believe they have talent in Byron Pringle and uh, Demarcus Robinson and all those guys. I do. But the thing is, they just haven't shown consistency in getting them the ball. And the drops on this team, I think adding Odell uh, would be huge to give Patrick Mahomes another weapon as we've seen kind of an uncharacteristic year from them. In terms of, you know, leading the league in turnovers, Patrick Mahomes leading the league in interceptions. Why not add a reliable threat in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, that could combat the defenses that are so, you're so oftenly facing now. Just the front four pressure to get through this weak offensive line, the cover two to where they take away the deep ball. You can then run the deep ball with Tyreek Hill and then have, uh, OBJ run those sort of inside routes into the holes of that cover two down the middle, and that could also open up this offense for you. I think that would be a great signing for them. So those are my top five teams I'd like to see OBJ go for. Packers, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks, Chiefs. Those are all contenders, but this is another thing I want to say. OBJ's linked heavily to the 49ers, Rams, Seahawks. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, why not put a waiver claim in there? Why not do that? Wouldn't be a bad thing just to put your name in the pool with these other teams in the NFC West. If you're going all in, if one of these other teams sign them, that hurts your team more than all these other teams. If I was the Arizona Cardinals, just put in a dang waiver claim for the man. Now, getting into Week 9 matchups. There are so many good ones. Starting with the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams coming off big, disappointing losses. Cleveland was at home. They played Pittsburgh, and they could only muster 10 points against them. And on the other hand, the Bengals... Coming off a huge win, playing the Jets, and they lay an egg against the Jets, especially defensively. Both teams coming off bad losses. However, I like the path ahead for Cincinnati, especially in this game, how crucial it is to me a bigger win for Cincinnati. And they're not dealing with the drama of Odell and all this, they've got a clear mind because they just got beat by the Jets. I think they'll come out more angry from the Browns. The Browns, to me, have played a little complacent so far and you know, their offense and what they're running. Uh, and to me, the Bengals are making the big plays with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. I don't see Cleveland taking that away. For that... I'm going to have Cincinnati winning this game, you know, sending Cleveland to a 4-5 and five record where they already will have five losses on the season. And last year, they only had five losses total on the season. They were 11-5. and five. So this right here is a big, no, my, excuse me, they were 10-6. and six. Uh, 
But that's getting close. That's getting close. My bad. But still, Cleveland has to be a little better than that. Second, Denver and Dallas. Dak Prescott saying he's going to be back, saying he's going to face uh, the Broncos. He'll start at quarterback, and he gets a little help. Won't have Von Miller to rush him anymore, as he won't be on Denver. Big loss for the Denver defense. To me, that just hurts this team. Uh, Dallas, who just had a great, great game against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, in which they won with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Uh, now they're back at home playing a Denver team, you know, without kind of was their face of a franchise, you know, for the past five, seven years or so. I expect a big game from Dallas. I do. I expect a big game from Dak, Zeke, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. I don't expect this game to be close at all except for the opening 0-0 score. That's how much faith I have in the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. I believe the Cowboys will get it done. This defense will show up the Denver defense. And to me, this Denver defense, who I expected to be top five, and we're playing all right. You know, you trade Von Miller. Uh, don't expect him to do much. Bradley Chubb's still out. I mean, uh, come on, Denver. you making some very questionable decisions. I question that franchise. Dallas gets a win on this Sunday. Houston and Miami. Interesting game. Two 1-7 teams. Both on seven-game losing streaks. One of them is going to have to win. It just has to. Uh, these two teams, to me, are the worst two teams in the league. I know the Lions are 0-8, but they've been more competitive, more fun to watch than either of these teams, the Texans and Miami. This is the ultimate bad matchup right here. You know, the team that can't score, the team that gives up so many yards, uh, one team that hasn't won at home in Miami, the other team that hasn't won on the road in Texans. It's just a spell of so many bad things in this game that I think it would be extremely painful to watch because to me, they'd both be playing to lose. One of these teams is going to have to lose. I'm not going to pick a team that will win. I'm going to pick a team that will lose. Tyrod Taylor's coming back for Houston. He won that first game shockingly against Jacksonville that first week. Does he come in and give them a spark? Yes, he does. But guess what? They still find a way to lose because they are the Houston losers. Always taking that L. The Astros just lost the World Series. Why not have Houston lose the game on Sunday as well. A lot of losing going on for Houston this week. The Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Atlanta Falcons took a huge hit uh, with losing Calvin Ridley. But then New Orleans took an even bigger one. Uh, losing their quarterback Jameis Winston. And now Michael Thomas uh, is out for the year. He said with his setback so... You can't even expect him back this year. Two huge losses. To me, you have an offense that's kind of looked inept all year in the Falcons, who've lost uh, one of their main guys in uh, him. 
but now New Orleans, how do they fare? No Jameis Winston and Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill. Uh, two very different quarterbacks. Trevor Simeon, the uh, more built like a quarterback player. Taysom Hill, the more spread type option. I have a gut feeling Taysom Hill is healthy back from concussion protocol. We will see a lot of Taysom Hill. I just don't think they can win with Taysom. I think Atlanta pulls off the upset. I think this will be an ugly game as well. But I've got Atlanta winning. I really do think they can pull the upset on New Orleans, who after a huge win against the Bucks, suffers a major letdown against the Atlanta Falcons. The Las Vegas Raiders and the New York Giants. Well, just so much turmoil this week. And some more. Henry Ruggs and being released from Las Vegas. Uh, um, more turmoil this week. It's also just more turmoil on Las Vegas, who's lost their head coach this year. And him, and then they lost their leading receiver this week in Henry Ruggs uh, due to a, a car crash, which involved him uh a DUI which fatally killed a woman and her dog driving at 156 miles per hour. I do not think this Las Vegas Raiders will be flying at 156 miles per hour or Derek Carr throwing a pass rating of 156. I do think this team has a lot of issues that loom large, but they're facing the Giants who are just pathetic. Do I think they can get the win? No, I don't think so. Even with Henry Ruggs uh, gone from this team, Darren Waller is back healthy. He is a clear mismatch there. If they can get Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake involved on the ground, Derek Carr has been pretty fantastic so far uh, this year. Very great completion percentage, thrown for a ton of yards. I mean, Derek Derek Carr to me is balling out. I think he'll have another big game this week against the New York Giants. New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. A battle of four and four teams. But to me, these are two teams on two different trends. You have the Patriots uh, who have won three of their past four games. And really that one loss was an overtime to the Cowboys. But they have looked good. Just beat a good Chargers team. The Panthers are on the opposite End of the spectrum where they just got their first win in five tries because they were on a four-game losing streak. They snapped it last week. I really do think New England will win this game. Still no Christian McCaffrey back. This has been devastating. I believe they dropped to four and five. New England finally gets back to five and four and above 500. Something they haven't been in a long, long time. New England gets the win. Mac Jones is efficient from the backfield. Damian Harris doesn't fumble the football. And I believe this game also isn't close. New England blows them out of the water. Buffalo and Jacksonville. Oh, man. Buffalo, big, big favorite here. 14.5 point favorite for the Buffalo Bills. Will they cover? Yes, I do. This poor Jacksonville team is facing a high-flying Bills offense. I believe Josh Allen has himself a day. Stephon Diggs, very near lineup. 
don't even second guess it for fantasy. Start Josh Allen. Start Stephon Diggs. Start the Bills defense. This is going to be the Bills route of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't believe this game is close. I believe Trevor Lawrence adds to his interception total. Who had, He has thrown more interceptions and touchdowns, 9-8. to eight. I believe he adds a few more interceptions to that list on Sunday. And he passes Patrick Mahomes for most interceptions in the league. That's my bold prediction. Maybe not that bold. Minnesota in Baltimore. Oh, a game that can go either way. You've got con artist Kirk going up against Laymar Jackson. Laymar and con artist Kirk. What a uninteresting quarterback matchup. This is Kirk Cousins. At least this isn't a primetime game for him. Battle of two purple teams. Who will win? The Vikings, who were kind of winning a few games here looking good, laid that egg in primetime, especially Con Artist Kirk, because that's what he does. Baltimore, back after a bye week, who just suffered a horrific loss to Cincinnati. I think want to get that ugly taste out of their mouth. I believe Baltimore wins this game. However, I think it will be close. Very close. Baltimore is a six-point favorite. I think it stays within that range. Minnesota is a much better team at that early slot. I think they play much better than they did on Sunday night. However, I think Baltimore gets a win uh, after getting shellacked by Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson has himself a good day on this uh, Minnesota defense. That's just all right. But I also think Kirk Cousins can attack this secondary that's kind of regressed due to some injuries and just play as well with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen on the outside. Now you get into the afternoon game. So first, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, you know, just blown out the Detroit Lions 44-6. Los Angeles Chargers coming off two losses uh, to both the Ravens and the Patriots. I believe the Raiders... Get back up on the win. Eagles coach Nick Sirianni facing his former team where he was an assistant on the Chargers. However, this Chargers offense and team and coaching staff is a little different than the one he was on last year. I like Los Angeles to get the win to rebound after two rough losses. I believe they are a better team than Philadelphia. Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Austin Eckler is better than any running back. They're going to throw out there for Philadelphia. And Mike Williams, Keenan Allen are better than Devontae Smith and the receivers over there. This offense is better. The defense is better if they are locked in, which we have seen at times. Los Angeles Chargers will win this game. Mark my words, big, big game for Justin Herbert and for this Chargers offense. Now to the matchup that we all wanted to see, but sadly will not get. That is Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Green Bay going against the Kansas City Chiefs. No Aaron Rodgers. It's Jordan Love now going against the Chiefs. Chiefs still don't have a good defense. 
But will he be able to exploit him? I think Wills have a heavy dose of A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. They're going to force Kansas City to stop the run. And I really don't believe that Kansas City can stop the run. I think Green Bay will get creative with their play calling to try to win this game without Aaron Rodgers. I do, but I just think it's too much to overcome. I think Patrick Mahomes has a good game. Not great because I haven't really seen a lot of great games lately out of this offense. But I think they can just get the win if they play smart like they did last week for the most part. Not forcing the ball downfield, taking the easy throws, letting Tyreek Hill running the ball after a catch. If Travis Kelsey cannot fumble, Tyreek Hill will not drop. I believe we'll see Kansas City get a big win here and get to 5-4. and four. And I'm rolling with that pick. I'm still rolling with Kansas City. As I said, Jordan Love ain't walking into Arrowhead and winning this game. I still stand by that. Again, what this Chiefs defense, off, what basically everything outside of three people have shown me this year, that it is very tough. You know, they are at times getting in their own way, and they need to stop doing that. I believe they'll stop just enough. It won't be a full 60 minutes they stop, but maybe 31 minutes they do it, and they just get the win here against Green Bay. Then you have Arizona and the San Francisco 49ers. I am rolling with the 49ers. Somehow, the 49ers are the favorite at 2.5 points, even though the ESP and FBI has them projected to win uh, slightly. And to me, I like San Francisco more. To me, there's too many concerns for Arizona. Kyler is injured. Will they start him and risk him aggravating that ankle injury? DeAndre Hopkins, I saw him injured last week against the uh, Packers, his hamstring. Was that something that still hinders him? A.J. Green out due to COVID, their center uh, still out. J.J. Watts gone, to me that hurt this uh, rush defense. That could have opened a big game for Elijah Mitchell. Jimmy Garoppolo coming off his best game of the year. Debo Samuel's been playing fantastic. George Kittle coming back possibly as well. To me, I have eerie trends about the Cardinals. I believe they dropped two straight games. I'm rolling with the San Francisco 49ers in this game. I believe they can get the win. I believe they also need to get the win because the schedule gets tough from here on out. Playing the Seahawks another time. They still play the Rams twice. Uh, the Titans, the Cardinals. So yes, they need this win immensely, but I believe they get it too. Last time they were able to hold a healthy, uh, mostly healthy Cardinals team to just 17 points on the road, and they've been better on the road than at home. I believe this time they finally get their first home win. It's been a while since these teams, uh, this uh, fan base, have had a home win. 0 for 3 so far this year, but they get their first one against the Cardinals. And then the Sunday night game, one I was so, 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 so much looking forward to. And it's kind of ruined now because 
There is no Derrick Henry. You know, it was sort of like a three and a half point favorite. Los Angeles Rams has now doubled to seven because of that injury uh, to Derrick Henry. Then the Rams also went out and acquired Von Miller too. And I've seen uh, Ryan Tannehill take the heat. I saw it last week when they played the Colts and the Colts were getting after him. I believe the Rams will get after him. I do. But the connection to Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown has been really, really good as of late. I have really liked that. They signed Adrian Peterson uh, to carry some of the load, not most of the load. Ryan Tannehill is going to have to step up. Will, uh, what's it called? Julio Jones be back. Josh Reynolds, former wide receiver of the Rams playing on the Titans. I believe facing all odds, the Titans win this game. This is my major upset of the week. I am picking the Titans to roll into SoFi and get the win. Ryan Tannehill to have a big game. Anyone tell me when is the last time uh, Matthew Stafford had a primetime game, or two, my bad, two primetime games outside of this year. This year he's on the Rams. Uh, so, they get a lot of primetime games. Since it's Los Angeles, it's just that market where Sean McVay does well. But Matthew Stafford has not been in many primetime games. You know, the past few years with the Lions, he's only had two primetime games. He had the Thanksgiving one and like a Monday night game. So, it's not that good. 6-14. and 14. He's thrown into the fire now a lot more in primetime games. They were able in that first win uh, to get and beat the Bears. And to me, the Bears were helpless. They played the Seahawks in one, but Matthew Stafford... Did not play good in that game. The Seahawks got to him. You're a Russell Wilson injury away from them winning that game. I believe that rears its ugly head. And the Titans play composed. They win this game. Mike Vrabel celebrates with the Aviators on the sideline. And they get the win. I like the Titans to upset the Rams on Sunday night. So that's all with the NFL. Now moving on to the NBA. And the Lakers just cannot beat the Thunder. They just can't. I don't know what's with it. Yesterday, they blew a 19-point lead. A week ago, they blew a 26-point lead. I just don't know what is up when they allow teams to do this. I mean, Anthony Davis... Had a great game. Uh, 29 points. Russell Westbrook had 27 points. Carmelo Anthony off the bench had 21 points. But other than those three players, they got nothing meaningful from this team at all. DeAndre Jordan, one point. Kent Bazemore, two points. None of them. Rajon Rondo running around for 15 minutes with a big, fat, 
goose egg next to his name. Uh, and it's for Thunder, too. The Thunder aren't good. They're 2-6. and six, And guess what? Both of their wins have been come from behind against the Lakers. Only two wins against the Lakers. I hope the Lakers never play the Thunder anymore. I know they will play them a few more times this year. But my God, I don't want to see it anymore. It's just been pathetic. Which leads me to my next point of making two picks for tonight's games. And thankfully, the Lakers aren't on to embarrass the nation tonight. Two picks I'm making the first. The Knicks and the Bucks. Knicks are playing well at 5-3. and three. Bucks are just all right at 4-4. Four and four. They just snapped a three-game losing streak. Giannis cracking jokes, you know, thinking that they got the win because he thought they were tanking for the number one pick. Giannis, they would never do that to you. And you actually get back-to-back wins this week. They get the big win here. Milwaukee does. And then second, a matchup that was more hyped, you know, a before the season than it is now, and that is the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans on ESPN. Uh, no Zion Williamson, Brandon Egram, questionable to play. I don't think that matters much either. I believe the Warriors win tonight. They've been playing a great basketball, led by Stephen Curry. They get the win. Uh, tonight, and still puts them at pace with the Utah Jazz, who are already at 7-1. and one. They keep up that great pace by beating the uh, Pelicans tonight. Now moving on to the NHL. And I need to talk about this Jack Eichel trade. Because this was really, really pathetic for... The Buffalo Sabres. I do believe that uh, the Rangers had a better offer. I think they offered, you know, Buchnevich and a decent uh, prospect and a pick. And that's a better return than what they got. The Sabres traded Jack Eichel for a prospect in uh Krebs and the player Alex Tuck, who I have a lot of respect for in the first round pick. And that's it. Uh, it just stinks. I mean, and Jack Eichel, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's out. But to me, I'm going to give both these teams a C. I don't think this is an A uh, for, the Buffalo, or for the Buffalo Sabres this way. You lose Jack Eichel. You don't return anything great. I think Alex Tuck is a great, great player, but he's not a game changer. Uh, you didn't get a game changer in Peyton Krebs either. Uh, so I don't like this. Then the Knights, you lose a solid player in Tuck who's good on the wing. A draft pick, you're looking like the Rams just trading draft picks now. And you get Jack Eichel who's now going to have to have... Uh, uh, disc surgery, be out, you know, anywhere from three to five months. Who knows if he even plays this year? Uh, who knows if he comes back the same player? So there's a lot there. Will they pull a Kucherov and have, you know, everybody on long-term injured reserve? Uh, what the Lightning did last year with Kucherov and Knights could do with Jack Eichel and a lot of your players are Mark Stone, Pajaretti, uh, which I don't like. 
Uh, I don't like how the NHL is constructed in this. And now I really don't like the Knights doing it either. Uh, but to me, it's not a winner for either player team whatsoever. I think it's a winner for Jack Eichel just to get the heck out of there, a place he wanted to. Uh, and I'm glad he got out of there. But he just needs to go. Now my college football picks. The rankings came out last Tuesday, this past Tuesday. I've given my thoughts on them. I was okay with them. Now, are there any trap games, any upsets we need to be worried about? First pick I'm going to make is Ohio State-Nebraska. I am picking Ohio State to win this game, but Ohio State should be on upset alert why, there's a reason they're only 14.5-point favorites this week and not like 21-point favorites. And that's because Nebraska have played teams tough this week. They just, all their games, all their losses to me, have really been heartbreaks. Illinois, that's one early in the season, they could have won. They lost by one touchdown to Oklahoma. They lost in overtime to Michigan State. They lost on a game-winning field goal to Michigan. You know, they lost by touchdown to Minnesota and then to Purdue by five points. So this is a team that has had its, to me, best year uh, by Scott Frost. They just haven't got the results that they wanted. This being in Nebraska a week after Ohio State beat Penn State in what was an emotional uh, Saturday night primetime game. Early start for Nebraska. I think Nebraska can store, score early and hang, but I do think Ohio State pulls away late in this game. But there will be upset alerts coming across your phone for Nebraska to start this game. Second, Wake Forest in North Carolina. Wake Forest looking at an 8-0 and record, number 9 in the country. I believe that undefeated mark comes to an end this weekend. I believe Sam Howell can outplay uh, Sam Hartman. Tar Heels get the win this weekend, get their first big win, send Wake Forest with their first loss. Michigan State and Purdue, another one to me that has upset written all over it. That's why Michigan State's only three-point favorites. It's at Purdue. Michigan State just coming off their biggest win of the season. Emotional against the Wolverines. Mel Tucker getting praise for Coach of the Year. Kenneth Walker getting praise for Heisman. That's all this praise dumping on Michigan State. Can now they handle the expectations of all that in the number three seed? Purdue is no slouch as well. Sitting at five, five and three. Just beat Nebraska. They've beat Iowa so far this year. They hanged in, hung in against Notre Dame. I believe they can do it too against Michigan State. However, at the end, Michigan State will find a way to win. Of course, I'm rooting for Purdue since I'm a Michigan fan. Be a Boilermaker that game, I will be. But I think Michigan State will just squeak out yet another win because that's what they do. Then game day. College game day is heading to Tulsa and Cincinnati. Tulsa's 3-5. and five. Cincinnati is 8-0. and oh. That tells me all I need to know. I believe Cincinnati wins this game. And I really don't think it'll be close either. 
22.5 point favorites. I'd like to see them cover that spread right there. Navy, Notre Dame. Navy, they played Cincinnati close, and Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Could you say Navy can beat Notre Dame in this triple option crazy offense that Navy runs? It's possible. It's going to be close. But at the end, Notre Dame, again, pulls out this one. The defense has got to figure it out. Jack Cohen's been playing better. His team has been playing better. They've been clicking under Brian Kelly as of recently. I don't think Navy pulls off the upset today or tomorrow. Oklahoma State and West Virginia. West Virginia already has a few upsets to their name this year. Can they add another one? Nope. I think Oklahoma State is too good of a team this year. I think defensively they are really, really locked in. Better than a lot of the other teams in the country and in the Big 12. That's why Oklahoma State gets to win on the road this weekend. Tough environment. Baylor TCU. Baylor also wants to get the win. They're not looking ahead to Oklahoma or any matchup. They know they control their own spot as well. They know Oklahoma State's ahead of them. Oklahoma's ahead of them. But they just know if they win out, they have the shot of playing for the Big 12 championship and possible playoff berth. Auburn and Texas A&M. This is the marquee matchup of the week. 13 Auburn, 14 Texas A&M, 13 and 14. Winner really does go home. There's no hope for them. Uh, Alabama has one loss to Texas A&M. Texas A&M has a good, good defense. Can Auburn do it? To me, they have a better quarterback. Can Bo Nix be Bo Nix? And to me, this is when Auburn's heating up. You know, when they've already had... Two losses, you know, one to Penn State, the other to Georgia. Bo Nix has been benched. I mean, it's just a typical Auburn season. And I think it ends with Auburn winning this game on Saturday night. LSU, Alabama. I would love for LSU to beat Alabama, but only person capable of doing that is if they brought in Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson back into this LSU lineup. Since that's not happening, I think Alabama is going to dominate this uh, game. It's been a one-sided rivalry for about some time other than that 2019 uh, season. And I think Alabama will get the win. Big Bryce Young, another big game for him. Finally, Oregon and Washington. A team not a lot of people pegged to be in the top four in Oregon. Now we're at a primetime game, 4.30 ABC against Washington. In Washington, tough environment as well. The only thing I'm wondering, though, is what unis is Oregon going to wear? Because I really don't think it'll matter. I think Oregon gets a win. I think they win in style as well. The confidence is growing for this Oregon group and Mario Cristobal. I don't think they let the number four ranking get to their head. I think they play calm, cool, collected, and beat the Huskies on Saturday night. That's it, folks. You have it there. A lot of great football on this weekend, both tomorrow in college and Sunday in the NFL. OBJ, where do you want him to land is there a preference or is it just your favorite team? 
I'll talk to you guys soon. Everybody have a great weekend. Bye, everybody.